Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and hello. My name is Joelle and I am the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower, and you are tuned in to the Psychic Inside Show. Now, I believe that everyone is psychic. You just may not realize it. And so each week, I have opportunity to have conversations with people who have opened up to their particular gifts and ability and are living life beyond the veil. So my goal is that you will hear something in our conversations that may help you understand something that you have experienced and that it will be relatable. And of course, the people that I have the amazing honor to talk with are just really Nice people. I mean, I could use a lot of words to describe the kinds of people that I've encountered on the show. And I know that this week's episode is going to be no different. Now, you can call in on 646-787-8436. If you're on the phone lines and you want to come on to ask our guest a question, you'll press the pound one key or hash one key. I will tell you that tonight's episode, we are not having psychic readings as part of this interview. However, you will be able to ask questions of our uh, surprise person. Well, it's not a surprise, but I haven't really properly announced her yet. But just to clear the air for the housekeeping. Um, if you're in the chat rooms, just say hello. We're streaming. Also, we've got the phone banks. And you may be catching this on the replay on either iTunes or Audible. We're out there in all the podcast directories. So I appreciate that you tune in in whatever time and space that this finds you. So tonight, I'm very excited. A lot of times I talk with people who I don't have like a real personal connection with. I might have met them socially or seen or read about them. But tonight my guest is somebody that I am just really, truly happy to be able to call a sister friend. So um, my guest is Don Brunson, and Don is the owner of, co-owner of Holistic Health and Wellness, which is a metaphysical store in the Atlanta area in a suburb, uh, Marietta, Georgia. And Don, I'm welcoming you to the show tonight uh, as kind of like Don prior to the co-owner of Holistic Health and Wellness. Uh, because this is a very recent uh, kind of emergence for you. So, Don, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show this evening. I'm so delighted to kind of uh, pick apart your story tonight. Thank you, Joelle, and I'm excited to have you pick apart my story today. (laughs) And thanks, everyone, for joining. Yes, it's wonderful. So when we talk about picking apart your story, okay, so Don, uh, the way that I have known Don for um, many years, probably at least 10 years through social connections in Atlanta. And I remember when I started having my elevation stations a few years ago, which are like a pop-up fair, you were there, and then I remembered seeing you at other places like, wait, I've been seeing this lady a long time, right, through social circles. So you have actually been in Atlanta for a couple decades 
living like a regular kind of ATLM life, life, right? Yeah, so I, I actually, I moved here in 1990. So 1990 was the, the ending of, I guess, the Freaknik period. <laughs> so It was the uh, beginning. That me, <laughs> the beginning, okay. So it that brought me and a yeah. lot of us to, to the Atlanta area. I was um, in the military station in Fort Benning, which is Columbus, Georgia, which is about two hours away from Atlanta. And came up here to visit and just absolutely loved it and decided that I would stay here and go to college here, and I've been here ever since. I mean, Atlanta is like that. There is an energetic draw that pulls people for various reasons that they're of their lives, and we see people drawn here really from all over the United States and the world, more than more than you really expect. So you've been in Atlanta like 30 years. At the time that you were the version of Don that was at Fort Benning and transitioning to Atlanta, did you think that you were psychic or did you even ever use that word at all in your vocabulary? I never used that word. I, um, I can remember um, as young as, as, as a little girl, and I would say certain things to my grandmother, and my grandmother would always say, you know, you're gifted. But she never would explain what gifted meant or, you know, how that would apply to me. I would see things, and I would explain that to her. Like, Grandma, I saw this. I walked by the mirror, and I saw this, and or I dreamed this, or I saw you in my dreams. And she would just say, you're gifted. And I really never understood what that meant for me. And I think it wasn't, and I, I really didn't explore it because, first of all, I was raised in a Roman Catholic church, school, family, and anything outside of going to church in the Catholic way, you know, we, we didn't discuss those things. My mom, though, my mom, I, I would say that my mom probably, and she probably doesn't know this, but she's probably listening in, she probably was the first person to really introduce me to uh, anything metaphysical. She had this little library as you walked down into the uh, basement, and there were books on astrology. And for some reason, I was just drawn to those books as early as like third grade, you know, just looking mm-hmm. at those books. And then she had this this one piece. Now I know it was a crystal, <laughs> and it was it was like a, a a drink server, but it had little crystals on it that sat in the dining on the dining room table. And I was just so drawn to those things, and I really didn't understand why. And then, as far as spirituality, this is the one thing that I do remember. When I was growing up, um, like I said, I was in Catholic school. There was a rectory where the the priest stayed, and there was a convent where the sisters stayed, and well, the nuns. And I was just so drawn to the nuns. Like I wanted to be around the nuns. They would do things on Saturday, and I would be the only kid there eating minestrone soup and saltine crackers (laughs) because I truly just enjoyed being around that and really couldn't understand what the draw was. And this is up in Philly, right? This is Philadelphia. Yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I say that doesn't sound like a typical Atlanta childhood. I don't think Catholicism (laughs) was as strong here in terms of 
you would find in northern education systems. Like everybody I know went to Catholic school in grade school and elementary and then public school in the junior high and high school. You know, there was always a saint, something, Ignatius or something, and that was in Ohio. So so when you were having yeah. your your religious experience, would you say that you had like um, a belief uh, or uh, caught the spirit or, or um, were all in, if you would, in terms of the instruction? You know, the thing was, you know, and, and my grandmother, my grandmother attended service, you know, throughout the week. She went to service on Sunday. My mother made sure that we were in church on Sunday. So I grew up in the church, and that's what I knew was, you okay. know, I grew up in the church. I loved, I loved going to church. I loved the connection that I had with God. But I don't <laughs> think that I truly understood how that would manifest in my life, you know. And then as, okay. I, as I got older, I remember, okay, Islam. Let me look at Islam. And, mm-hmm. and then I went, when I went to college, I went to Morris Brown College, which mm-hmm. is AME, African Methodist Episcopal. Mm-hmm. So then I started attending AME Church and did all of that, raised my son in, in AME Church. But when I was in church, I started exploring, uh, I guess, the metaphysical world and exploring it from a way of, oh, let me do some spells. Let me see what spells I can do with and who I can call on. And I can remember, um, and this this was probably the late 90s, I started playing around with that. And I, I would reach out to spirits and spirits would come in contact with me. And I, I remember this one incident where I was laying in the bed and and I was calling on spirits and I had this strong pressure just laying on my chest. And then someone came over to my house, it was a visitor, and they came in the house and they said, what are you doing in this house? And, you know, I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's like you, you can feel spirits in this house. What have you mm-hmm. been doing? Give me some salt. And they, <laughs> they're throwing mm-hmm. salt around in my house. And I'm like, what mm. is going on, you know? And then How the time, I, I was, this was before I had my, my son. So I was maybe 21, 22 years old. Okay. And then, um, no, no, I'm sorry. It was after I had my son because after exploring that, I met Stacy, which is my partner. And when I met Stacy, Stacy is from Guyana. And in Guyana, they called people who practice in any kind of spiritual work, witchcraft, they called them, I think it's called Obi woman. And Stacy said to me, You one of those Obi women? <laughs> and, and she didn't sit well with it, you know. So it, I just left it alone. You know, I, I didn't explore it anymore. It wasn't part of my consciousness. I just, I just left all of it alone, you know. And it wasn't until a few years ago when I started exploring it again. And it was after um, I took a yoga instructor class, and I think that started opening me up to the idea of there were other things out there that was bigger than me. And I had a strong interest in learning more. I wanted to learn more and explore what, what this universal energy was all about and started taking different classes, um, 
started, you know, meditating, journaling. I actually, and I tell everybody this, you know, I, I did therapy for one year because I, I think once you start exploring those things and 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 the world opens up to you, you can start to think you're a little bit crazy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. A, a lot can be a lot can be um, presented to you, and then you have to start to think about, you know, is this real or is this not real? And, and therapy really helped me, you know, get a balance in my life as to, you know, my thoughts, what was real for me and what wasn't real. Now, when you were looking at what you were experiencing, where did you hear, like, what kind of sens- sensory or experiences were leading you I like, could you give an example of something then that would cause a person to say, well, I, for me, it's clear audience, you know, when I realized that I was hearing like my grandfather singing and that, you know, it was like, well, how can you explain that to a person, but you know what you know, <laughs> you know, so that that can be challenging, like you said, in terms of one's framework of what you believe is possible. What What was something that was an instance like that for you? Yeah, you know, so I would say intuition. So things would pop up in my mind, and it would drive me absolutely crazy because it was almost as if I knew the complete answer. And then everyone tells you, you can't know what anybody else is thinking. And I I do agree with that, but I can say that my body knows what it feels. And so I had to... I had to fight against that, um, like, and I didn't understand at the time that I was picking up other people's energy. I could mm-hmm. remember, like, we would go inside of a, a restaurant to to have dinner or something, and I would be sitting there, and I would be picking up everyone's energy in the room. I mean, everybody's in the energy energy of the room, and and I would be saying to Stacy, "You you you see that? Did did you hear that?" <laughs> Did you notice mm-hmm. that? And she's like, what are you doing? You know, just be here. And so now I'm able to control that by shutting myself down before I enter certain spaces so that I'm not picking up the energy. But that was one of the first clues, you know, but I really didn't understand what it was. And then um, especially as I started doing more self-work, I could remember as a child, like, I would look up at the light, and if I would look at the light, it was almost as if I was looking through a veil. And when I say that I saw people, I didn't see actual people, but what I could see, it was like the outlines of people, and it was always <laughs> like in a, a rainbowish color. But I didn't, I, I didn't understand what it was. I never even explored what it was. And you you know that we went on a trip to Mount Shasta. <laughs> and after the trip from Mount Shasta, once I came back, I remember I was sitting out I was sitting downstairs in the living room and I happened to look up at the light and when I looked up at the light I saw what I had saw as a child and it was just it wasn't scary, but it was oh, I remember that. That wasn't a dream. Mm-hmm. That's what I really saw. That's what I was mm-hmm. seeing all of this time and, and, and being okay with seeing that. 
Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. So it turned like the connective light on for the breadcrumb you left, right? Kind of picked up yeah. and activated. And this is only like less than two years ago that that happened because uh, the Mount Shasta trip was, I think, 2021. Uh, summer yeah. summer of 2021. So, you know, you're still at this point in the late 90s, you're in like a corporate America position and going up the ladder of success, right? And raising your yeah. son and uh, doing regular life, right? But at some yeah. point prior to Shasta, I know you had been considering retreats and travel experiences and like where when did you first get the seedling that you were going to be stepping away from from in such a big way in terms of leaving your job well you know i can remember um in my early 20s there was this herb store on uh, South Cobb Drive here in Atlanta, well, Marietta. And I would visit the store. And in my mind, I knew that one day I would have a store like this. I just, I just okay. knew that I would, I, I just knew that I would have a store like this. Um, but I, I went to college and got into corporate and, did very well, and, and 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 when I say I was in corporate, I was the one that had on the T-shirt for the company, and <laughs> you know, I was there for all of the the special events and the 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 uh, functions, I, you know, and and I was really gung ho about it and did very well. Um, after well, our was, trip, let me just add, it was it was a service organization. I mean, you don't mind sharing that, do you? Yeah, so I, I worked for Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and when I when I first started, so there's a story there. So when I first started working for Boys and Girls Clubs of America, I was a young mom. I was on welfare, um, not in school, didn't really have anything going on for me. I had went into the military when I was 17 years of age, and before joining the military in eighth grade, I actually dropped out of school in eighth grade, um, went into Job Corps at 16 and got my GED. So the only thing to do for me to do, I knew I had to do something. I had to get away from, from the environment that I was in. And so I went into the military. And after coming out of the military, I was really lost, you know, because I, I thought I'd come out of the military and I was going to land this perfect job but I didn't have the education that I needed in order to get the perfect job. So then I find myself a young pregnant mother. Um, and at the time that was where they had that welfare to work program. Either mm-hmm. you get a job or we're going to kick mm-hmm. you off of welfare. So I remember I went to it was a local boys and girls club. I went up there and I begged this man. This man must have thought I was absolutely crazy. I begged him, hire me. Please give me a job. Please give me a job. Because I, I knew I only needed to work 20 hours. And I mm-hmm. wasn't going to work past 20 hours. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted was 20 hours a week. So eventually, uh, I think the last time I went to visit him, he said, just just, just come tomorrow. <laughs> just just, mm-hmm. just come tomorrow. So. I, and and that was my first job outside of the military. But 
I, I was also blessed by this man because he encouraged me. He said, Dawn, he said, you know, you can go to college. You can uh, get a degree. There's a, there's a lot of jobs that you can do at the corporate level within this organization and not just at the local level with kids. And so I was able to go back to school, got my bachelor's degree, and then I wind up um, doing an internship at the national office and eventually getting a position there. So I, I came I, when, when I came to, to the organization, I came in at entry level. When I left the organization, I left as a senior director and was supposed to be moving into a VP position. Um, mm-hmm. I had an I had a new supervisor camel come on board and for whatever reason things did not work out and it felt almost as if the world was pushing me out. It was just mm-hmm. no matter what I did, I had done this for twenty something years, but whatever I did it was just wrong. It didn't work and I I didn't feel like I belonged there anymore. So I kept saying, you know, what is it that I can do? And I thought to myself, I'll, I'll open this store and I'll make lots of money. I know how to do this. I've, I've ran, you know, I ran programs for companies. I've created this. I know how to do this. You know, I've coached mm-hmm. young executives. I, I can do this, right? And mm-hmm. I opened up. I went to. I, I thought I was going to open up the store in October, and didn't have any idea how hard it would be to open mm-hmm. up a store, you know, as far as all the business licenses and and, and permits for signs and um, mm-hmm. promotions and all of that. I had no clue. Um, so the store actually didn't really get fully open until January of 2022. And then I waited for everyone to come. <laughs> and they didn't come like I wanted them to come. There was a few people, and you know, I was I was able to pay my bills. There's never been a month where I have not been able to pay my rent. Um, I have, and, and right now I'm still not able to pay myself. I haven't. I, I could pay myself, but I'm not at that point where I'm ready to pay myself yet. If that makes right. sense. Well, um, one of the things in the year. You're kind of like living this awesome experience of getting to take your your assets and go and invest in amazing crystals at places like the Tucson Gem and Mineral Shows and the Denver Shows, and you get to like go shopping for all of these awesome things. I mean, having a metaphysical store has to be pretty cool. It is pretty cool, but it was, but it's not just the store. And I think that right. that's what I know. That that's what this year was about. Last year was about, you know. It, I think that if the money and the people would have come, I would have lost the experience of being able to connect with myself, being able to connect with spirit, being able to connect with community. I think that would have been lost. It was almost like the universe said, "Uh uh-uh, I want you to sit here and we want to see if this is what you really want. If, 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 If the people aren't coming, when the people do come, are you going to show up the same way that you would show up if you had a thousand people at the door? So right. 
within within that year, you know, and, and I've been blessed. I've met so many people. I mean, I can call them by name, Kelly, Cynthia, Kate, you. I've just, I've just met so many people, and all of them have spoken into my life in such a way where I don't think I could have got this experience from anywhere else. Like, you, like I could have went to, 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 to uh business school for four years. I don't I don't think that I couldn't have got that one year experience anywhere else except sitting there in that store and learning who I was and what my purpose was. Well and you know, I would just say that store is a rather plain term. Um when there are light worker hubs or a place like what you have created It's a retail experience, of course, but you have things like workshops and you refer people to other community sources in your locality. You are involved in like business associations and uh, reinvestment. I mean, um, that's one of the beautiful things about what I've observed about what holistic is growing it as uh, it's, you know, people who never buy a thing will walk through those doors and have something that they leave with and something that they deposit as well. And like every interaction that I've seen, it's, it's really beautiful to observe. And I definitely invite anyone to go at Holistic Health and Wellness. It's in Marietta, Georgia. What's the address up there, Dawn? It is 3372 Canton Road, uh, Suite 116. You'll see the sign outside. Marietta. One of the things about you is what you said is that you realized you were feeling all of this stuff and energies from people. At what point did you first encounter Reiki, either as a receiver or moving into practicing? Yeah, so I experienced, well, I came into Reiki about about three and a half years ago. But I would tell anyone I did not experience Reiki until last year. Uh, I, I was doing the practice. I was doing Reiki on myself. I was doing Reiki on others. But I did not experience what Reiki was really about until last year. And, and, and when people speak about it being the universal life energy, you you can literally feel that energy from others and from yourself when you open yourself and allow that to happen. And I can remember uh, touching a client and feeling something was off, you know, and, and, and telling her, you know, I think something is off here. You need to, you need to go get this checked out. Um, and, and it was, uh, it was health wise. So I started picking up that, like I could, I could feel sickness in certain areas of the body or, my legs would tingle when someone um, had uh, like nerve issues due to diabetes, and 
And you, you really don't want to tell anybody this, you know, because they're like, is she crazy? Is she, is, what, what is she really, you know, what is really going on here? But it was really happening for me. And I can remember I was with uh, one lady, and we had finished a, a, a Reiki healing session. And I, when I finish up the session, I'm usually at the bottom of their feet, and I'm, I'm grounding. And I was holding on, and in my mind's eye, a spirit came through. And I was like, this was the first time this has ever happened. I was like, what is that? You know, am I, you know, am I making this up? You know, am I, am I creating this on my own mind? And he came back to me, and he took a beer can and shook a beer can at me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what? What is this? You know, so and and I was afraid to tell the lady what I had experienced. And then when I told her, she came back in a few days and she brought the picture. She brought a picture mm-hmm. because I explained to him where he was sitting, what mm-hmm. was behind him, and the beer can. And she brought the exact picture to me. And that's happened time and time again. But well, what I I've noticed think- is. What I've noticed is is that, like, like I can't call on spirits. I can't say, well, I spirit, I want you to come and show yourself to me. I don't, I, I, I don't claim to do that. But what I've noticed is, is people who are experiencing deep grief, spirits come to me. You know, I can't, I, I don't know when it's going to have happen, how it's going to happen. And I can remember the first time it happened when that lady left out the store. I was right behind her, running out. <laughs> right, right. I think you my know, phone it scared me. Too. I was like, "What that's is like, this?" I think my phone rang, Don. That's what I was going to say a minute ago. I think that I talked to you that, like, very shortly after that, when you were kind of breathless, uh-huh. like, I think I saw, you know. That is like, well, okay, like, write it down. What did you see, right? <laughs> was it menacing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You were like, no, he just shook it. Like, shook it. And I remember your face. <laughs> but that's, that's a good thing, right? So to people who are experiencing something that you know, uh, you knew what you <laughs> and it was not anything that in your imagination would have fit into even if your mind was wandering somewhere while you were doing the Reiki. You wouldn't have created that little scenario, right? So to be able to tell somebody close to you that, you know, I think I saw something or I think I heard something and to just make them like bring somebody into your your fold because it is helpful in that whole auditing process of did I imagine that you know and you don't always get the mm-hmm. validation of somebody bringing a picture in and says is this what you saw and you're saying yeah you know uh, it's very new territory we don't just pop out being able to understand how our senses work. It's kind of a growing process, and your growth has been super rapid in terms of your Reiki work and your energy healing. Um, You're seeing clients for that several days a week now, aren't you? Yes, yes, and that that has really grown, you know. 
um, I've started off doing it only on Mondays and Tuesdays, but it has expanded where I'm taking clients, um, well, all throughout the week, you know, in the mornings and in the afternoons when we close down. So and, and, and then I do have a few people that pop in, you know, and just really need some assistance for something um, uh, when the store is operating. And, and, and I, I, I do take people, uh, but it's just it's not the full hour that I can do, you know, if I have to take them during, during um, retail hours. So it's best to make an appointment. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. And, I mean, uh, there's sound. You do corporate, like it's like you turn back around into the corporate world offering team, like team building or meditation or mindfulness sessions. And, and so you're kind of like preaching back to your old your old peers in a way, aren't you? Yeah, you know, the one thing that I've noticed, you know, because especially leaving corporate, you know, one of the things was, you know, like, do I just leave all of this behind? You know, what were all of these experiences for? And But I've come to be so grateful for those experiences. For example, I, I do coaching with women. Well, I do coaching with anyone, right? But what I notice is is that the women that come to me are experiencing more than likely they are experiencing issues with their work. A lot of them are in management positions and you know wanting to come to terms with some of the things that they're dealing with in the workspace. And if I didn't have that experience, there's no way in the world that I would be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, all of this really, you know, it all it all really matters, and all of it is coming full circle. I, I when I first started doing Reiki or offering Reiki, I offered it for you know for for adults. And I remember I was talking to someone. They said, no, you you, you probably won't be able to get children to come in. And children and teens are have always been my passion, but working with teens and, and, and teaching them how to do Reiki on themselves, that's my sweet spot. I love working with young people. Uh, that, that's, that's my gift, you know, working with young people. And you would be surprised. There's a lot of parents who don't necessarily want to do therapy with their children because they don't want to be their child the child to be labeled as having a behavioral issue, right? And mm-hmm. so they forego, you know, the therapy. But I say, hey, you know, we're gonna do some coaching <laughs> and we're gonna do some energy healing, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'm blessed that kids feel you know, feel like they can open up and share themselves with me. I've had kids come in there that were suicidal, you know, because I'm right around the corner from Kennesaw College, Kennesaw State College. Uh-huh. So I yeah. get a lot of college kids to come in, and I love for them to come in, you know. I know they're not going to spend a lot of money when they come in, but I just love for them to come in because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be speaking into their lives and and and. And when they come back and they're like, Miss Dawn, you know, I did such and such, and this is how it's working for me, and and I'm just mm-hmm. so overjoyed by hearing that, you know, and being able to to speak into their lives in a way that it benefits them, it benefits their family, it benefits their future, and that's just a blessing for me. 
Mm-hmm. I've observed them just like little magnets. Somebody inevitably comes in, you know, little hoodie on and, um, you know, looking so kind of fragile, some of them, but excited to come in. And some, it's like, they're almost like, is it okay for me to come in? And you're instantly like, hey, how are you? You know, so uh, I like that. It's also, it's cool because I've been in there when somebody had, uh, I think uh, none of the women were probably under 75 and there were about four or five of them, including one of their little bitty Toto dogs and they were in there shopping. And so it's like multi-generational, multicultural, multi-spiritual because it's not any particular uh, resonance or belief system offered through your store, except for the loving belief system, right? So uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so, you know, and and I have a big sign up at the door, you know, that it's a safe space for everybody. Anybody is welcome, you know. And I can remember when I first opened, you know, my door sits right across the street from the church. I said, oh, my goodness, I hope they don't, (laughs) you know, I hope I don't have any issues here. And and then, of course, I'm a black woman, you know, in, in East Cobb opening up a metaphysical store, you know. But everybody comes, you know, from people from different backgrounds. I have people who speak Spanish that comes to the store, and we have to use Google Translator, you know, Mm -hmm. to do healing sessions. But it all works, you know, and I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. And it is, uh, you know, an expanding thing, like, you already are outgrowing the space in terms of your activity, and I know that's not true because everything is where it should be, but the sheer growth of, I've got something every weekend from uh, what journaling and and uh, sound healing and art, artist displays and book signings. What are some of the, I mean, you get to play, like, it's it's fun because you get to do what you love and, and talk to the people who you like to talk to and bring them into your space to share the wisdom. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's the one thing that, you know, it's a store, but it's a store within the community, and it's important for everyone that comes in that store to have a sense of belonging. Like they feel as though that they, that they can call this a home space for them, a home. No matter if they go and visit other stores, I want them to feel like I do have a, a home base that I can come back to and get the materials that I can need. I can get the healing that I need. Whatever it is that I need, I know I can come back to this store. So when mm-hmm. people come in and, they, you know, they're excited about a program that they can offer or a class that they can offer, and they're good, you know, they're, they're good because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm offering um, good, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that the people that I'm putting in front of people uh, know their stuff, right, and that mm-hmm. they feel comfortable with doing it. But I've, I've also worked with people who were just doing it for the first time, but something spirit just told me, they're good, mm-hmm. you know, bring them in, they can do it, you know. And, right. and, and it has worked out, and I watched them grow, and it's, it's just an exciting place to be. 
I totally agree. So much so, shameless plug, okay, that I go up there once a month and I'm the house reader. And I love my days up at Holistic. It's a good time. Uh, so many beautiful people, including a, a previous guest that I had, Carlene uh, Tura Clark, was somebody I met when I was sitting up by the register at Hol- Holistic. She was in town from Minnesota for a librarian conference, and it turns out that she was a psychic reader herself and all kinds of fascinating people. So. That's just a benefit of how my circle's been enlarged from getting to spend time up in the vibration up there. I, I like my weekends. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, we love having you there. <laughs> well, um, in terms of your, so, you know, you've got your Reiki, your clairvoyance coming through, your, your sensing abilities in terms of uh, being able to sense what is needed in your community. Um, when you were in Mount Shasta, when the Mount Shasta experience for you, what was the like the most significant or mind-boggling or reality-challenging experience that you had over that activation? Well, <laughs> and I guess this is like my, my coming out story, you know, my coming out spiritual story, you know, and I haven't shared this with a lot of people and it's still, it's still hard for me to get my hands around it, you know, or, you know, to really understand what happened, but I can remember, so it was four of us that went to, to Mount Shasta, and there was another young lady named um, Jayla that was with us. And before Jayla and I got on the plane, we were talking about UFOs because Mount Shasta is one of those places, it's an energy vortex where people have reported seeing UFOs. So Jayla and I are standing there, and we're laughing and kikiing about seeing UFOs, and I say to Jayla, well, you know that's not going to happen. We're black girls, <laughs> That's never going to happen to us. <laughs> you never see anybody like us talking about that. And so we were at Mount Shasta. I think we had spent the weekend there. And uh, well, we were it was our, the the end part of the tour that we were on at Mount Shasta, and we were sitting there and we were doing meditation. And I happened to look up over the mountaintops, and I saw what looked like a UFO. And I turned my head back around. I was like, no, this is not what you're seeing. You, 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 you must see it. I look back up. There's another one. There's another <laughs> one. There's another one. So there, there were a few of them flying above. And I didn't even know what to say to you all because I'm like, these people are going to think that I have lost my mind, you know. <laughs> then I got angry with you all, you know, because I felt like I had been set up. I'm going to this, you know. Why am I seeing this, you know? What is going on here? And then when I got back home, it was hard for me to even tell my partner because I didn't want her to think that I was crazy, and I, I, I couldn't explain it to people at work. I couldn't explain it to my family. So it was something that I had to hold on to. And I remember I reached out to, it was it's called the International School of Shamanism, and there's a lady up there named Donna Lisa. She runs the program up there. 
and she's a shaman. And I went up to her. I don't know if I told you this. Like, I ran up to her, like, as soon as we got back and told her I had to meet with her. And she sit there smiling the whole time, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what is she smiling about? And she was like, I'm so glad you came here. She was, she was telling me all of these things that were going to happen in my life. And, you know, I and I said to her, do I, do I need to go to school? You know, do, do I need to go to your shamanism school? You know, what, what is it that I need to learn? And she... She just smiled at me, and she said, you just, you just need to remember. And she was like, it's, it's, it's all over you. It's in you. This is, this is who, what you saw was real, and uh, you're going to start to see more things. And, I, you know, I just was like, oh, she, she didn't want to deal with me, you know. <laughs> I, I'm not going to worry about that too much. And I came back, and it had to be weeks later of sitting up watching television one night because what I saw did not look like traditional UFOs, those um, the circular objects. Oh, they didn't look like that. Yeah. It, it looked like a, a Pac-Man, just like the mm-hmm. shape of Pac-Man. You know, it looked mm-hmm. like that. And we were sitting up watching television, and they were t- talking about UFOs and that's what exactly popped up on the television. And I was like, Stacy, that's what I saw. That's exactly <laughs> what I saw. You know, and, and mm-hmm. then it started becoming more real to me, you know, like, but and, and still, you know, like, you know this, you know, I still have issues with it, you know. <laughs> right. right. I don't want to see anything like that. <laughs> you right. know, but it, it happened, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing we can, you know, kind of giggle at it because time has passed, but that uh, whole retreat itself was a highly activating and you you can't really control, you know, what's going to happen when you mix vinegar and baking soda, right? Everybody did the science experiment. But you don't know what pathway the foam is going to go down or how much it might actually fizz over. And that's kind of how it is when we have these catalyst experiences. You know something's going to pop, but you don't realize how much. I mean, from that was in July, and fast forward not even a year, you're already making your steps out of the door for your job. Like It was like boom, boom, a breath, yeah. and then action. Yeah. <laughs> that separated yeah. you it from was your like a catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and again that's why you said uh having the mental health like when you did feel like okay I need to talk to somebody just to make sure I'm grounded you know I'm a big proponent of 3D and 5D or mental and spiritual health right uh but when you come down from a mountain and say, I saw UFOs, it definitely, <laughs> it can be life altering. And I know that uh, every one of us who were on that trip saw something similarly mind blowing that could not be explained by the laws of gravity and physics that we previously understood, you know. Uh, I just have to smile because it was like you couldn't even write a movie. You'd have to have a cartoon (laughs) to be able to show what happened to us on that trip. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and everybody, life changed. You know, there was uh, Jayla, you know, she moved uh, to, to, to Mexico and, 
I left yeah. my job. You had some changes with your your employment, and everything just it just changed, and it wasn't it wasn't like it was scripted or anything like that. And it was like once I got back, the world had changed for me. Nothing made sense anymore, right? You know, but in in a good way, it was an, an awakening experience. And then a few weeks ago, I just I went to um, Sedona, which is also one of the mm-hmm. energy vortexes. Mm-hmm. And but while I was out there, I was praying that I didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this day. right now. <laughs> well, and to share more again, like I said, I know a lot of your story because I experienced it with you, but. So Mount Shasta is also uh, where the energy of Saint Germain, and Saint Germain is like the keeper of the violet flame. The violet flame is a transmuting energy that purifies and uplifts and heals. And while we were out at Shasta, we had a, a uh, the meditation and session that you referred to with uh, a man named Paula Venus who led us up on the mountaintop to have this St. Germain encounter at Ascension Rock, which is a portal on Mount Shasta. And when we got back down from that day, we were looking at the pictures outside. It was dark and beautiful evening. And we're scrolling through the, was it dark or was it afternoon? I know we were scrolling through the. It was in the the evening. Okay. Because we were all kind of like Mm -hmm. trying to ground. It had been a lot going on that day. We laid in a medicine wheel. We went to Ascension Rock, went through all these portals, altered reality, saw spaceships. It was crazy. So we're looking at the pictures of the day. And you were like, is this real? Because there were orbs and lights and all kinds of stuff. And then this one picture that we pulled up was our other travel companion, Tanya. I know she's listening this evening. And as you pointed to, you were like, "Is do y'all see that? Is that St. Germain? And this, like, big angelic figure was, like, in the aura around Tanya over her with a purple orb in its hand and as you said is that Saint Germain this gust of wind like I had not ever heard like a, a mighty wind rise up like that mm-hmm. and it just said and then blew through <laughs> and we all looked at each other and we were like I guess so Don right and after that like your healing and your Reiki and your hands on you know work more specifically with the the ill and those really having uh, a disease in their body you know it's like you're a keeper of the violet flame is what I always tell you in terms of being able to hold a healing light for people in your practice and also in your facility and space that you've created up there. Yeah. And 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 it's hard for me to like, you know, like 
I, I think when people come, they come for the traditional Reiki. But I always say I do so much more than just Reiki because I am using the violet flame when I'm doing energy work. And for me, I know that it's it, – I, I think you asked me earlier what was the change. That was the change, you know, no. being able to to use the violet flame, you know, and, and understanding what that purpose was, you know. So I – you know, I didn't know who St. Germain was before we went on this trip, <laughs> you know, I, and when I looked at the picture, you know, I was playing around with you all, like, is that St. Right. Germain? And it was, you know, the, the, his, the mustache and everything, and since then, you know, he's made appearances to me several times, and I'm, you know, I'm used to it now, like, okay, you know, and I, but I couldn't understand, I was like, well, why is this man, you know, working with me, and then you would always say to me, because you're doing uh, Reiki work, you're doing energy work, you know, understand who he is. And, you know, so there there, there had to be a change in my practice also. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you use it on yourself as well, uh, because like, what do we say, the, the wounded healer heals from their own experience. So all of these mm-hmm. things challenge our, our, our self our idea of ourself, uh, you know, walking away from the identity of Don, the corporate person, and all that that meant and having it challenged, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Those are, are uh, big things. And a lot of times our body, if we haven't left something that's uncomfortable, if we're holding on too long, then our body will say, look, we've tried to tell you nicely. But now you're going to have an ulcer because you won't let the stress go, or you're going to have something wrong with your feet because you won't sit still, or, you know, the body begins to scream. And so in healing Mm -hmm. oneself and approaching your own inner condition, like you say, you did Reiki on yourself, (laughs) you know, your first first patient or client was you. Yeah, yeah. And, and and none of, well, for me, I don't think that you can do none of this work without addressing some of the things that you're going through, you know. And I, I'm very open with clients, with customers when they come in that I struggled with anxiety, depression, PTSD. And, you know, I did the work. I continue to do the work and it, because it's not a, a one-time thing, you know, it's, it's the healing, in order to experience the healing, you have to do the work and you have to be consistent about it. But I think about why did those things happen or why did those things come into my life? Those things came into my life so that I can show others that there's a, there, there's a way out. There's, there's a way that you can heal if you allow yourself to heal and allow the energy to take place. This is not just woo-woo, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's serious, you know, and, and, and this, is, this is what the universe has given us, this, this energy to be able to heal ourselves and to heal others. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything that you, as part of the transformation that you've undergone, any grief points or things that no longer fit that you experience a sadness about? 
relationships, friendships, context, identities, anything like that? You know, I think, you know, this is a hard, that's a hard one because, you know, the universe will move people out of your life. And it's not that you're angry with them or, you know, that you hold any, hold any, you know, bad feelings for them in, in, in your heart. It's just that it's time for them to move on so that you can experience life in a different way and being okay with that. You know, at first I was like, you know, it seems like I'm losing a lot of friends, you know. It seems like all of them are, you know, like gradually going away, but there's a lot of things that they were doing no longer align with who I was, you know. And and just like with the job and having to leave the job, it no longer aligned with who I was and and having to come to an understanding with that. I was sitting out on the porch a few weeks ago, and I remember just sitting there, and I said, hmm, this is what peace feels like. You know, I wasn't worried about trying to jump on a Zoom call. I wasn't worried about, you know, if an email was going to come through that I was going to miss, what I was going to tell my boss. All of that was gone, and it was just now when I get up and I go to work, it's, it's not just for me. I still know that I'm serving other people, but I'm also walking into the work that I'm supposed to be doing. So it feels so much different, and there's a peace with that. And and when people come in and I see that they're struggling, I understand what peace feels like, and I want them to experience that. But mm-hmm. I also know that they have to go, that they have to do the healing work. I can't do it for them. I can mm-hmm. assist. I can be a, a vessel to help with that. But you have to do it for yourself, and that's what I had to do. I had to do it for myself. Mhm, mhm. It's a single way in and a single walk. I mean, we have supportive structures, no doubt, but uh, there's no substituting, right? <laughs> no substitution. Yeah. You can't have a pinch hitter on this one. What would you say has been the most unexpectedly delightful thing that you experienced? Is it that peace? Was Did you expect to find that peace? I did not expect to find that peace. <laughs> so, you know, that has been one of the, one of the most delightful things for me, but also, and, 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 and this may not sound like it's delightful, but I had um, a client that was, you know, that came to me and I was supposed to be doing a one-time Reiki healing with her and she uh, had cancer. And so when she came to me, she came to, she, she, she was sick, but she didn't really look that sick. And as time went on, you know, she asked, you know, could she see me, you know, on a weekly basis and we saw each other and I was like, what is spirit trying to teach me with this, you know, because, you know, I have never done this type of work before, you know, and I've worked with young people. I can connect with young people. Um, I, I, I know how to share empathy with people, but I never worked with anyone during the, the death process. And although death for me was scary before having that experience with her, it made it it made life so much more understandable because I had mm-hmm. to 
I had to work with her and and through conversations we talked about, you know, when we leave this world, when our body is no when our body is no longer working and our body is put in the ground or, you know, however we choose to get rid of the body, the energy continues on, you know, and, and, and that lives on, that, that those memories live on. All of that continues, but having to come face-to-face with that. I can remember being in a healing session with her and experiencing what I call the most beautiful peace that I've ever experienced. I don't know what that was, but mm-hmm. um, I talked to other people, and they said the veil was thin, you know, and, and you were able to experience that that with her. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've talked to you about this. I am forever grateful to her family because mm-hmm. her, her family, you know, they weren't all into that metaphysical stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. that, and, and that's what they said, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. But she was. She was into, you know, uh, uh, sound meditation and energy healing and crystals. She was into that, and I can remember holding her hand and, you know, us having conversations about, you know, what death would would look like for her and was she scared and her saying, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not scared. And this this young person, she was a young person. She was only 27 Mm -hmm. years old, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I learned so much from her in that short period of time, and I will forever be grateful for that experience. Um, and, and because of that, you know, I understand now what death is. Death is just, you know, the transitioning of energy is not, mm-hmm. is not over. <laughs> you know, it's just right. the transitioning of energy. And she's here, you know, she's here with me. She does work with other people, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, does she? I mean, I <laughs> we talk about, like, you know, it, shifting of how we process our senses. Young Connie uh, brought in an energy for me in terms of um, mediumship and understanding that, you know, from beyond the veil, I don't really do readings with loved ones that have transitioned. I tend to deal more with spirit guides and God and source creator and Connie came in a big way when I was at the shop last week and I delivered messages and it was like, whoa, right? And so to have that beauty of having met her through you and then through her shared story and then her presence after transition was also very, very beautiful <laughs> and challenging for me as well, but she was an she's an angel, you know. I I firmly just know that that she came to do that activation for every person who had the blessing of experiencing her energy in her short but impactful life. Yes. Mm. Blessings to Connie. So. <laughs> But uh, I think I want to let you know in the chat room we have your uh, co-owner of Holistic and Significant Other in the chat. So saying hello to Stacy, um, and then we had 
someone in the chat who had earlier said that holistic is an intergalactic meeting place or meeting point. Uh, so <laughs> I like that, especially that was before you were talking about spaceships. Yeah, intergalactic meeting space. That's <laughs> so, up there in Marietta where you could land in and find your tribe for sure. I mean, uh, you know, Don, I appreciate being able to, A, call you up and say, do you have any of this crystal in? Merlin's been coming in. I need to get some mystic Merlinite. And you're like, no, I don't. And then a couple of weeks later, you're like, so that mystic Merlinite is in. You, you want to get yours? And I'm like, oh, I love that I can do that. Um, and, uh, of course, I can get my incense and my books. And, you know, there's something about actually shopping instead of clicking a button that I really appreciate. <laughs> it turns to be able to come up to holistic as well. Yes. <laughs> and uh, do you have anything like on, well, and please give the website and the Instagram and phone number, email, whatever contact information you want to share with the listeners. Yeah, so the the Instagram page is holistic underscore ATL. The website is holistic health S as in Sam E. So holistic health SE.com. We are currently uh, redeveloping the website where we are going to be able to offer a, a store. So I, I know a lot of people are like, well, why didn't you do that before you open up a store? You know, uh, having an online store is like actually having another store. <laughs> right. There's a lot right. of work there. So, so um, we we have over 1,000 different items. So all of those items are being uploaded and descriptions are being put on and you can order Online, well, you will be able to order online, but one of the things that we currently do is we offer virtual shopping. And mm-hmm. yeah. most people are like, you know, what is virtual shopping? So, virtual shopping is you schedule a time with me, you let me know what time works best for you, and we uh, meet, meet online, and I walk you through the store and we pick out the items. So, there's a, there's a crystal that you're interested in. We can pick out those crystals. I mean, you can actually say, no, I want that one over there. And I can pick that crystal up, and we're going to send that exact crystal to you. You're able to ask questions. You're able to laugh and share stories. So it's a wonderful experience. It's a wonderful way to shop, especially if you live in a small town and you don't have access to a local metaphysical store. It's a different experience. You can always shop on Amazon, but you're not going to get that experience, the one-on-one experience, and we really pride ourselves on being able to offer that to our customers. I've utilized your service of saying, um, you know, hey, I've got somebody that I want to send a little crystal care kit. This is what they're dealing with. They're doing such and such. They're they're active this physically. They're going through this situation, and my budget is about so-and-so. And you're like, okay, hold on. And then you put a little thing together, and then I get a little message with all kind of little pictures. And then I can put together everything, and it's like, okay, it's in the mail, and away it goes to off 
And it's, you know, we compare notes. Like, well, what do you think about using little smoky quartz? And, you know, for a person who may not have as much knowledge about uh, things, you can recommend things, other, you know, other things than crystals, herbs or oils or books or things for people who want to provide a thoughtful gift um, or solution for a loved one as well. Yes. And, and we have all of that. We yeah, have all I love of that. It. And, and, you know, and, and then we're also a resource for the community. We, I've, I've had people come in, you know, for example, someone comes in and an older person and they're struggling with, you know, how do I find senior services? And I know you're thinking, well, just call the county. But a lot of people just don't know where to start. So coming in and, you know, hey, Dawn, I need some help with finding this out, you know, and we sit down and we come up with a plan on how to make sure mm-hmm. you're able to get to the resources. So, I mean, when I say that is a, a store where you can feel not just a store, but a place where you can, mm-hmm. a safe space where you can get not only the materials that you can need, you can get the resources that you need, but also you're always going to leave out of there with a hug. You know, I'm going to hug you. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to hug you, okay? That's a good vibe and a smile for sure, for sure. Well, Don, I just have enjoyed our conversation this evening, and uh, I'm so glad I get to call you on any other occasion when something amazing happens or I want to share or you have something you share with me. It's nice to be walking along this journey with you, even when we're going up into – UFO territory in the Northern California. <laughs> do you have any My last? Pleasure. Do you have any like, I guess, uh, quote to remember you by, or wise advice, or guidance for other people who are looking at the psychic inside themselves? You know, just. You know, I, I, I don't know, Joel. I just know that it's important for you to show up. And when spirit calls is to answer that call and to do what you feel is right and what spirit has led you to do. And I think that if you do that, then you can't go wrong, you know. You know, if you have to call on your ancestors, if you have to call on your um, spirit guides, Whatever you need to do to get to the place where you can do the work that you're supposed to be doing, just do it, you know. And and if you if you come to holistic, just know that it's not just about rocks, okay? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not just about crystals. It's about serving the whole person. So um, we're going to make sure that, that you're taken care of spiritually, physically, mentally. We want to make sure that you have the resources to do all of those things so that you can be a strong, that be the be the person that you have been called to be. Mm-hmm. Well, Nan, thank you for endeavoring to be the person that you have been called to be. To each of you, thank you so much for tuning in. We had the phone lines were uh, on tonight. Of course, not uh, didn't offer any readings, which is perfectly fine. And we had lots of people on the call line listening. We had folks in the chat. Um, next week, my guest is going to be Melanie Brewer. She is the wonderful and beautiful soul behind Naked Lady Mandalas. 
and she is a mandala artist, surfer, psychic sister, empowered light worker from North Carolina. Well, she's currently in North Carolina on the Outer Banks. So we are going to have a wonderful conversation next week. I'm just so delighted, Don. Uh, I hope maybe you'll join me tomorrow. I'm having on In the Cards with the Vibrarian, I am featuring the Sacred Forest deck by Denise Lynn. And considering that our trip took us to the Redwood Forest of Mount Shasta as part of our activation, I think it would be fun to, uh, you know, have you on for that episode. So if your schedule permits after your your store closed, please join me in the live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so to each of you, I wish you have the most amazing week filled with blessings and that those blessings spill out from your arms to bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.